I hope I get a jobby, Freddy. I got my fingers crossed. Doing the job. You got the job, buddy! Doing the job. Yeah, Hulk Hogan! Doing the job! Just say something, you idiot. Doing the job podcast. It's gotta be special. I like it. Doing the job. This show is so stupid. He's stupid. He's so stupid. I know how to do the job. Shut the f*** up. I hate this job. Doing the job. Doing the job. Doing the job. This is doing the job. Top of the hour, couple at you. Doing the job wrestling podcast. Uh, just me this week. Not really. Not really much to talk about in the world of wrestling. At least this week, uh, we're about twenty-eight hours removed from Crown Jewel, which, as of this recording, I should say, which was. From what I, I did not watch it, I watched the first five minutes, obviously, because Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. But I abstained from watching it because, A, you know, was already under protest for various moral reasons. And, two, it didn't look like a particularly interesting show. And um, from what I've now read, it seems like they made some awful booking decisions that I really did not need to see. So, ho-hum is what I'm going to say there. That being said, however, between last weekend and the previous weekend, um, within a span of eight or so days, I saw six wrestling shows that were exclusively all-women shows, including WWE Evolution. But I also attended four Shimmer shows, in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, I actually missed, not missed, it wasn't like, whoops, what happened, I guess I missed it, but there was a, usually when they do Shimmer Weekends, there's a a Rise card the night, the Friday night before, and uh, I just opted out of that, I just figured, you know, five wrestling shows would be too much, and I wanted to explore a little bit of Chicago, and just have some fun, and lounge around a bit, eat some good food, that sort of thing. But I missed uh, the world record for a women's wrestling match um, time span. Why am I blanking on how to say this? Uh, The world record for the longest women's wrestling match. There we go. It was Tessa Blanchard and Mercedes Martinez went 75 minutes. And uh, Tessa Blanchard dropped the title to the Rise Championship to Mercedes Martinez. And uh, that would have probably been a pretty cool thing to see. Um, probably going to try to look that up on the internets very soon. They, they sell it. Um, you can get it on... Forget what, forget what the website. But Rise has their own website where they stream and you can watch matches of the past. And I would very much... I mean, that's a big commitment to know that you're going into a 75-minute match ahead of time. So... But I think it's worth, that's two of the most talented women in the world today squaring off for 75 minutes. I mean, those are quite literally iron women. I think that's fair to say. But but I want to get to the wrestling that I saw, because that was the meat and taters, so to speak. And uh, it was really cool to see, I mean, a lot of these women have really, uh, they have flourished in the world of wrestling. A lot of people knows who they are. 
Uh, they've been on TV in, in various different promotions. I mean, a lot of them are in Impact. Um, a good number of them can be seen uh, in NXT. They do make appearances, or you do see them occasionally on the Mae Young Classic, which is you know just testament to how talented these women really are, and probably a forecast of what's to come. We will definitely be seeing a lot of these women in the future on a much grander stage because, you know, I, I love me some Shimmer, but they run the majority of their shows in the Berwyn Eagles Club, which, if you've ever been, not the biggest venue, not the fanciest venue, but their concessions are really affordable. I mean, like, get a bottle of water for a buck. Um, they They have a full... I shouldn't say full kitchen, but they have a, a pretty good kitchen in there. They, you know, they got sloppy joes, uh, hot dogs, coffee, and it's all like a buck, two buck, three bucks. So, you know, much much love to that place for having fairly priced concessions, but it, it can get a little cramped in there at times. Um, but anyway, um, got to see Miss Rachel Evers, or as she's known on the Independence, as she is Rachel Ellering, which is her name. And uh, she was there for Shimmer, Shimmer 105 and 106. Those were the Saturday shows. And uh, trying to think who else are some names people would know. Uh, Britt Baker, obviously. Dr. Britt Baker, my bad. She is now a, a licensed dentist. So my, my joke about her is that she knocks out your teeth on the weekends and she can put them back in on Monday. <laughs> I'm the funniest person on the internet. Uh, Ginny, the Progress Women's Champion. I think this was her Shimmer debut, if I'm not mistaken. And she had a lot of really good matches. She actually defeated uh, Shotzi Blackheart, who, while it was tough for me to watch because I love me some Shotzi, you know, it was just, it, I think it was my favorite match of Saturday. Uh, she also had, Ginny had a match with Shaza McKenzie on Sunday, which was pretty awesome. So, Ginny, talented, going to be in WWE one day. I guess I really shouldn't say going to be in WWE. See, I used to hold WWE as, like, the watermark of excellence. Like, if you got to WWE, that was it. You were established, you had made it, that was that was the major league and I'm not so sure WWE at least to a devote wrestling fan should be considered the major league it's just I don't know man I just I I've been very disenchanted with the product lately and they just keep piling on all this stuff and it's like I I try to abstain from watching raw because it's just three hours, and maybe in that three hours you get about 45 minutes of content. If you're lucky, that's worthwhile between some good promos and good matches. The rest of it is just like, oh, this happened last week. Oh, it's happening again. Um, it's just, just not been fun. Whereas like NXT is an hour, and just it feels like it just goes fast, and the matches are quality. And uh, it's just a more intimate show. Uh even the the mix match challenges just it it's brought back that element of fun and it almost it's almost tailor made for smart fans that that 
want to be entertained and it's just like just just give me some entertainment that's not that's not insulting um but anyway that that's it that's a tangent that's a that's a digression i'm talking about my women my women's weekends extravaganzas so anyway yeah so so the previous weekend to WWE evolution was the four shimmer shows and uh the takeaway from the, the the I guess the the biggest development of the weekend is that cheerleader Melissa and Mercedes Martinez became a tag team and ultimately defeated Delilah Doom and Leva Bates to become the new Shimmer Tag Team Champions. Which is extra interesting to me because I keep expecting Mercedes Martinez to wrap things up and show up in WWE in some capacity, and sure enough, she was on NXT this week, uh, not in in the Mae Young Classic capacity. She was she was there, like on NXT. She wrestled against Nikki Cross, so I don't know if that means that she's arrived and, and she's going to start wrapping up her indie bookings. But like, she literally they just put two titles on her in one weekend, so I don't know what the future is going to hold for that. But I'm hoping. I mean, she she belongs on a grand stage. Yeah, I was careful that time. I didn't say WWE. But yeah, she belongs on a grand stage of some kind. And I want to see her work with some of some of the talents that are that are not accessible on the indies, such as Charlotte Flair, such as Becky Lynch. I also got to see Kimberly. I. Uh, what was her name in WWE? I don't even remember her name in WWE anymore. Um, Ashley Wraith? Something like that? Um, anyway, they, they for some reason, Future endeavored her a while back. And I don't know why. She's extremely talented. And, I mean, we've had that conversation about many wrestlers, both male and female, over the course of history. Why did they let this person go? That was a bad move. Um, I'd be surprised if she weren't back there at some point or on a, on a grand, let's just say a grander stage. Um, <laughs> I'm going to keep throwing that one out there. Uh, I was upset that, uh, poor Rosemary is, I guess she's injured at the moment. So didn't actually get to see her wrestle, but her, her partner in paradise lost dust, who is the current heart of shimmer champion, uh, which is their mid-card title, for those who don't watch Shimmer, came into and left the Shimmer weekend still the champion. Um, They did book a pretty good... It seems like they're putting together some kind of feud with her and Samantha Heights. Samantha Heights did have a match with her, but ended up losing. But they had Samantha Heights looking like a pretty serious contender. So I am thinking that eventually Samantha Heights will be the heart of Shimmer champion. I got to see Kaylee Ray um, kill it that weekend also. She uh, used to be in a tag team with uh, Mia Yim. So uh, they actually had one of the best women's matches I ever saw. At I want to say it was Shimmer 90, 92. They had a match against one another that was just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it was when I was just getting acquainted with Shimmer back at, back at the time. And I was like, wow, like these two are standouts. And, uh, she had some pretty amazing matches. She was in there with uh, Viper 
that weekend also, who i uh, actually pretty sure I never saw Viper wrestle in person before, so that was that was a nice treat. There was a, I felt like there was a lot of passerbys um, and a Shimmer debuts here. I, I don't know if it was a if it was Viper's debut, but I can say that being that I was at many of the 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 most recent Shimmer tapings, I only missed one weekend in the last couple of years. Uh, I had never seen her wrestle a Shimmer before, so she's great. Um, she beat Kaylee Ray. They had a, a drag them out match that was pretty awesome. Uh, they both came out of it looking like a million bucks. And uh, I guess the only thing I didn't touch on in terms of champions is that Nicole Savoy came out of the weekend as the Shimmer Women's Champion still. Uh, I mean, she's see, she's kind of got that like that almost like she's a shooter thing going for her. Like, oh, she she's like she's gonna hurt you if she gets you in the ring kind of vibe, which I like. I feel like that's a good, I mean, that's how they, that's the old school brother. You know, you had, you had the, the champion was that shooter that was going to just like break your leg and be like, I win, I win the match. Meh. Obviously there's a little bit more style and finesse these days. I mean, you can't really go in there and break someone's leg like that. And I'd be amiss if I passed over the flock of Australian wrestlers that, shows up for all the Shimmer weekends, and uh, that would be, of course, the Blue Nation, Charlie Evans and Jessica Troy, uh, Shazza McKenzie, who I previously mentioned, who she has been on NXT a couple of times, and, of course, um, I don't know if this is something on Impact Wrestling, because I just unfortunately don't get to watch Impact Wrestling, not, not because I'm not watching Impact Wrestling, brother, but, like, I just don't have access to it, like, easily. Um, you know, I, I, I fortunately have an avenue of watching USA so I could watch WWE programming if, if I want to, uh, I also have access to the WWE network so I can watch things like NXT and, you know, I attend a lot of indie shows in person, but, you know, Impact, Impact only ran that couple of days they were here in New York, um, the Bound for Glory weekend and, uh, from what I understand, that was a pretty big clusterfuck. They uh, they oversold and they really messed up the seating really bad. And I think I would have just been aggravated beyond belief being there for that. But uh, yeah, I would I would watch Impact Wrestling now. I, I it looks like I mean they basically have a crop of indie talent that I'm super familiar with and have nothing. It isn't like it isn't like it was five years ago where it was like. Dixie Carter just brought in a former WWE superstar, had them devour all of the talent that was already in TNA, and then then they would just leave the company and go somewhere else. But uh, a lot of the the indie shows I've seen, uh, Tessa Blanchard is paired up with Indy Hartwell, who is pretty fabulous. Uh, she's from Sydney, Australia, I believe, and... I don't remember really seeing much of Indy Hartwell before, if at all, and uh, I felt like this was a, a, a breakout weekend for her in a lot of ways. Um, just kind of put her on the map for me, and I uh, think we've got a future star coming up here. You know, it's it's early, it's early, and I might, you know, the, some of us wrestling fans have made made the mistakes in the past of of saying, "Oh, this one, this one's going to the top." So. Such as 
um, Mr. Kennedy or Mr. Anderson, like when he was coming up in WWE ten years ago, we were like, "This is it. This is the guy. This is the next guy." And then it didn't really pan out, and it's not necessarily anybody's fault, but it, you know, counting my chickens before they hatch. But I'm gonna say that she's gonna be a player. Also got to see quite a bit of Zoe Lucas um, this weekend, and, and or. The Shimmer weekend, and then the following weekend, she was at the WWR show in New York that I went to see, and which was, gave me a little bit of whiplash because she was sort of, uh, sort of a he- she's a heel in Shimmer, but she's a babyface in, in WWR. At least that was the impression I got. So it was like, what? Well, oh wow, this is just just different now. Um, same thing with Lufisto. She kind of kind of had like a a babyface demeanor in WWR, but she's you know totally a heel in Shine and Shimmer, but. Yo, Lufisto is money, and uh, the main event of the sh- the entire Shimmer weekend, the, the the last match of Shimmer 108, was Nicole Savoy, Shaza McKenzie, Vanessa Craven, and Viper, and they were against the team of Lufisto, Kimberly, Mercedes Martinez. And cheerleader Melissa. And... We're just looking at this this flock of talent in the ring and just said, okay, Nicole Savoy, Shazza McKenzie, Vanessa Craven, and Viper, right there, that, that whole team have been on NXT and or the Mae Young Classic. Um, and then, of course, Lufisto, Kimberly, Mercedes Martinez, and cheerleader Melissa, um, they've all, except for Lufisto, to my knowledge, um, the rest of them have been on TV in some capacity. Uh, Cheerleader Melissa, I believe, is Mariposa in Lucha Underground. And, of course, Kimberly and Mercedes Martinez have been in the Mae Young Classic at NXT. I should actually look up right now, has Lufisto even done, like, a dark match or a jobber match in WWE? At a glance, I do not see any evidence that Lufisto has wrestled in a WWE ring. That's That's a shame. That's a missed opportunity. Um, she is just definitely next level, belongs belongs on a grander stage in some capacity. And it was great, because actually one of my favorite matches of the Shimmer Weekend was Lufisto versus Shaz McKenzie, and then I got to see that same match again. Not, not piece for piece the same, but got to see that same match up in WWR the following week. Um, yeah, I don't want to get, like, match-by-match, detail-by-detail of the, the Shimmer weekend, because I know most of the people listening to this haven't seen Shimmer, haven't or haven't seen a lot of Shimmer, and quite frankly aren't going to see these matches for some time. They're very, very slow to release uh, the DVDs um, that, like, it takes them a really long time when they do these tapings to get the DVDs out. And it might be um, years before these matches surface, which is kind of a shame. Um, you know, I guess they just don't have the resources to crank this out. But anyway, um, you know, like like I said, there were there were just there were some standouts this weekend. There were some people I I knew would be standouts, and there were some people that I I. Uh, were pleasantly surprised by not like I expected them to have band matches, but I don't really know their body of work as well as maybe I would like to, and got to see a good dose of them this weekend. That was very impressive. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing 
more of this. Uh, Shimmer is actually going to be here in New York for WrestleMania weekend, and they're going to actually be at Laboom, which is like one of my most beloved venues for watching wrestling. Uh, Evolve usually runs their events here in New York at, at Laboom. Uh, Shine runs them at Laboom now. They usually do double headers because they're both WWN, so why not? But Shimmer will be there uh, WrestleMania weekend in April. That'll probably be that probably be the next time I get to see Shimmer. So hey, like something to look forward to. It's five months away, but I'll be I'll be there. I'll be ready. But luckily, I didn't have to wait that long to see many of these women again because they were here in New York, actually in Long Island, right down the road from. I forget what the official name of it's called now. I still call it Nassau Coliseum, but it's like Nassau's Memorial Coliseum for Veterans in Long Island, Uniondale.com.org 17. I don't know why I added the number, but it's just a really long name, and it's like, it's the Nassau Coliseum. It's what it is. Uh, so, but, yeah, at the, at the New York Wrestling Connection... Uh, I don't know what if I'm going to call it arena, venue, warehouse with a ring in it, because that's kind of what it is. Uh, they had WWR ran their their program there and got to see, again, the Shaz McKenzie, Zoe Lucas, Jessica Troy, Lou Fisto, uh, Karen Q, so, uh, Tessa Blanchard, Indy Hartwell. Uh, they were all there. Um, and... And by the way, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated just came out with their list of their top 100 women um, a couple of days ago, as of this recording. And a lot of the girls I'm mentioning are on that list. And um, very, very happy to see that. And looking very forward to see now that women's wrestling is much more on the map. Um, looking forward to seeing. Uh, who advances on that list in the next couple of years. Uh, I mean, Ronda Rousey was number one, and although, you know, as a smart fan, you might look at that and go, uh, how is she the best wrestler? She's been in a couple of matches between when she started and now. The point is, kayfabe-wise, she's a, a huge player, plus she's gotten so many eyes on the product just by her presence, so it's hard to refute that, She's an important fixture in women's wrestling because that's a big that was a big coup like that was a big thing to get. Um, I I'm struggling to think of a comparison, anything that would have been similar. Uh, like getting Ken Shamrock from UFC. I mean UFC wasn't the monster that it, back then that it is now. So, like, even getting Ken Shamrock back in the 90s wasn't quite as big of a deal. Um, I mean, when I was a kid, uh, for those of you who are around my age, give or take, you might remember the the Winter Olympics with Tanya Harding and that whole thing. And uh, Tanya Harding, I believe, went into professional wrestling Shortly after that, uh, very briefly, I guess it didn't quite pan out. But, I mean, that would have been a great thing to have Tanya Harding show up in WWE and have a match with Alundra Blaze. 
uh, that definitely would have gotten eyes on the product. Um, so yeah, I, I guess the, the Lawrence Taylor main eventing WrestleMania 11 with Bam Bam, I guess would be a comparable thing to having Ronda Rousey uh, main eventing your your pay per views. But either either way, like I get it, she she's at the top of the list because of what she's done by her sheer presence and her star power for the business. Um, you know, the rest of the list was a lot, uh, at least I'd say the, the top 10, a lot of it was WWE wrestlers. Actually, yeah, let me just pull it up and read it off to you. Number one, Ronda Rousey. Number two, Alexa Bliss. Three is Charlotte Flair. Four, four is Io. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to butcher this name. Io Shirey. Yeah, and I know she just was on TV, like, three days ago, but... I, you know, I don't hear the name. I just hear her referred to as EO all the time. So, um, sorry, EO. <laughs> sorry if you're listening. Um, Asuka's number five, even though she's drastically fallen from... Uh, I, I, I hate thinking about what, what WWE did to Asuka in the last couple of, couple of months or the last year. It's horrible. Uh, Shayna Baszler, number six. Carmella, number seven. Uh, Nia Jax is number eight. Mayu Awatani is number nine, and Carrie Zane is number ten. Um, so, I mean, it was mostly WWE wrestlers in the top ten. Um, a few people, and you know, I guess I understand like why it has to be that way, but you know. It isn't until we get further down the list that we start seeing the influx of more indie wrestlers. But even, you know, 11 was Becky Lynch, and I think had this article been written like a month later, she would have been higher on the list. You know, and then as we go down, uh, Sue Young is number 13, Tessa Blanchard is number 15, um, and you know, she actually comes in higher than Bailey, which, you know, got to start, I guess, mixing it up. But Lou Fisto, as mentioned earlier, number 23. Uh, Nicole Savoy, number 26. So they actually have Lufisto above the Shimmer Champion. Uh, Mercedes Martinez is 29. Um, and I'm just kind of skimming through and pointing out the ones that jump out at me. Uh, Mia Yim, who I think is probably one of the best wrestlers in the world right now, period. Um, she's 38. Shaz McKenzie's 40. And, um, you know, I'm not going to spoil the entire list for you. I encourage everybody to buy a copy of this magazine. If you get it online, it's like four bucks. Like, you could spare four bucks. <laughs> You know, help the cause. PWI will see that people are are buying this magazine and say, "Oh, well, you know, women's wrestling is a draw. Let's let's do some more stuff about it because, you know, it is. It's important. It's part of the movement. Part part of the evolution, so to speak." Also, forgot to mention, uh, Solo Darling was at both Shimmer and WWR as well, and I've been, I've been singing the Solo Darling song for quite some time now. I think she's extremely entertaining. She's got a great look. Um, she was an extra on Raw last year after SummerSlam. She was just backstage. Uh, I think she was talking to Jimmy Jacobs, if I'm not mistaken. And it was just like this segment. I think Elias was walking to the ring, turned, and like they gave him like a weird look. And I stood up in my chair and screamed, That's Solo Darling! And everybody looked at me like, What are you talking about? And I just kind of sat down in shame. But uh, she was there. I, I purchased a fanny pack from Solo Darling. That's right. I wear fanny packs. Get over it. 
And coincidentally, uh, somebody mentioned recently to me a wrestler named Harlow O'Hara, and I said, I've never heard of this person before. And they were like, oh, she's, she's pretty popular on the indies. And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know. And sure enough, she was at the show. I got to see her for the first time. And I was very entertained. I thought she had a great look. I thought she had a great gimmick. She's like, almost like creepy, like crusader religious kind of looking. And uh, and I, I, I don't want to misspeak and, and, and do it a, a, a disjustice. Like, I just would recommend Googling her and just seeing. She comes out with, like, this crown and, I don't know, just, just a cool cool looking thing. Cool looking gimmick. Good, good, good gimmick. And uh, I'll actually be seeing her again in a few days at BCW in the Bronx. So enough beating around the bush. Um, go and uh, even though she wasn't at Shimmer, which I've never seen Penelope Ford at Shimmer, which kind of surprised me because I would think that she's her star has risen enough that she should be there. I mean, unless she doesn't want to be or they don't want her for some reason. Um, uh, she was at the WWR show. It was awesome to see her. And uh, I mean, I feel like after All In, she really she she cemented a spot, at least, you know, really put herself on the map after that. Like, she looked, she came out of that looking like a million bucks. Um, that's, that whole scene with Hangman Page. And, uh, I think a lot of people who had never heard of Penelope Ford before left all in saying, wow, that girl is badass. Uh, well, she is the bad girl after all. But this whole, that, whole two weekends or eight days culminated with uh, WWE Evolution, and I thought this was a pretty solid show. Once I got there, I felt like they kind of must have been like a house show that they decided to make an all-women's show, because it, it, you know, the set wasn't as fancy. It didn't didn't have all the LEDs everywhere, um, which personally I prefer. I, I really am just maybe I'm just like, a, like an old man at this point, but I just too many damn LEDs on everything. Uh, but uh, it was a very very solid show. I mean there were there were there were some spots I could complain about, but you know no more and less than I would normally complain about. Uh, I will say this: it's been a while since I went to a WWE show. Um, the last WWE show I went to was the SmackDown after SummerSlam. And I didn't even want to go to that. I just got stuck with tickets, and I said, all right, I'll go. Um, and I, I would have just preferred to go to NXT and SummerSlam that weekend. But okay, I ended up at SmackDown. So it's been a few months, and man, WWE audiences suck. The fans are just absolutely abysmal, and I hate them, and I hate being in a crowd with them. And like, it just makes me feel dirty and embarrassed to be a wrestling fan when I'm in those kinds of crowds because I mean just first of all just to start just just to set the tone for the evening there were a group of people and I'm going to say I'm going to use my pronouns carefully here or, or, or my my the words I choose to speak here carefully because it's 2018 and can't assume anybody's gender but there were a group of people that appeared to be males dressed as the Bellas sitting in front of me. One of them in particular, the one who was directly in front of me, had this habit of standing up and throwing their arms in the air and dancing in place anytime anything happened 
during this show at all. I mean, somebody hits a big move, you know, someone takes a bump, he stands up, she stands up, they stand up, and scream and dance around and, and start saying things like, that's right, yeah, that's right, yeah, that, she was the women's evolution before the evolution, everybody. And, like, and after a while of doing this for the first couple of matches, me and a bunch of people in my section start screaming at this person to sit down every time. And the other people in their crew had since just sat down and started watching the show more intently. They actually had to, like, grab this person by the pants and, like, pull them down to sit down. And they just kept doing it. Someone go to the top rope. This person would stand up, block all of our, us from seeing it. And it was just, it was infuriating. And I was like, okay, whatever. It's one person. I'm not going to let them ruin it for everybody. And then the people behind us, when Nikki Bella was wrestling, starts chanting all these things for John Cena. And it's like, it was like the Raw After Mania in California all over again when people were chanting, you know, you suck Cena, you suck punk. It was just, just embarrassing. Like, you came to a, a women's wrestling show and you're standing here chanting, like, lewd, like, between the line lewd things about the women at the show. And it was like, why are you here? Like, why did you come here? Did you just come here to be a dick? Like, somebody give you these tickets and you said, screw it, like, I'm just gonna show up and be annoying? I think at some point Lita was doing something in the ring and somebody screamed something like, you know, oh, without Matt, you're nothing, or someone's, and it was just like, dude, like, she dated Matt Hardy, like, 15 years ago. Like, get over it. Like, it, I don't know, it just, and if, if I don't know if, if the chance made it, uh, made it on TV, but the, the chance during the last match especially were just like, like blood curdling. Then he said he was having a similar problem in his section, but he screamed at some point, you're ruining wrestling for me. And everybody kind of got quiet after that, which I probably should have done in my section too. Um, but I mean, obviously the, the big, I thought the, the big, the best match of the night was in fact, uh, Becky Lynch and Charlotte, which we all kind of expected that was going to be the best match of the night. Uh, it was. Um, again, there were some spots I didn't really like. Like Becky went from like the badass, like ass kicking heel to like the scared heel because there's that bit where Charlotte got out from underneath the pilot chairs and looked like she was hulking up, and Becky was freaking and running away, which didn't really make didn't really fit the narrative of the rest of the match, but whatever. Um, it was still fun. Becky came out the victor. It was great. It, it was hap- good feelings. You know, <laughs> you know, the baby face went over. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Even the Ronda Rousey-Nikki Bella match in a bubble, like, it was good. Like, I get that it you know, probably shouldn't have gone on last, but again, it's Ronda Rousey. She's the big star. She's, she's getting a lot of people to tune in, so that's why she's going on last, like it or not. But... It was a good show, you know, the, the, the annoying fan that kept standing up in front of me did not stand up during the, uh, the NXT Championship or the Mae Young uh, final, probably because he, he or she doesn't watch those things and doesn't know what they are, so they weren't excited about them, which worked in my favor, because that's part of the reason I was there. And as we thought, or at least as I thought, uh, Tony Storm was the winner, and uh, unfortunately, the, the only r- reason I picked Tony Storm to win 
was because I figured WWE wouldn't pick an Asian two years in a row, especially that they had um, Asuka and Nakamura win the Royal Rumble this year. And I don't know if that was their philosophy in, in having Tony Storm go over, but regardless, Tony Storm went over. But uh, my experiences in the indies versus WWE in terms of fans, uh, it's just much more pleasurable to be in an indie audience. On the occasion when you have a real asshole fan doing something unsavory in some capacity, the other fans will gang up on them. And and usually, especially Progress, one of my favorite things is like one of their big rules for the audience is don't be a dick. And like a lot of times if a fan does something, the audience will start chanting, don't be a dick, don't be a dick. But uh, on the plus side, one one of the cooler things is if you're an, if you're a big indie fan, you go to a lot of indie shows, you're walking around WWE Evolution. Guess who I saw? Saw some of the Shimmer Girls and, and some of the WWR Girls. Um, I've seen them at, at at WWE shows before when 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 it's possible for them to be there, and it's just it's it's funny, you know. You say hi, to, you know, say hi to them, like you know, have 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 a little cordial interaction with them, and it's kind of cool because you're saying to yourself. Man, there's so many people in this arena right now walking right by us that don't know that this person is a professional wrestler and don't even know that there's a good chance that that this person that I'm talking to right now has wrestled somebody they're going to see on the show tonight and very, very quite possibly will end up in that ring one day and this person will be buying a ticket to see them. Uh, Just just like a cool thing. Uh, Just At least for me. it's, It's like one of like the weird faucets of being a wrestling fan that I really enjoy. Like it's like going to see the Rolling Stones uh, and you, you pass by a much lesser known band member of one of your favorite indie bands in the audience somewhere. And you're like, Oh, aren't you so-and-so from such and such? And it's like, you're both there to see this bigger production, but like, you know that this person is also somebody you'll buy a ticket to see. And probably one day, a lot of people in the arena with you will do the same. And I don't know, just a cool thing. Um, and as people might remember, I sat next to Roderick Strong at WrestleMania 29 here in New York many, many moons ago. So you never know. You never knew. You never know who you're sharing an arena with to watch a show and how close they are to being part of that show. But anyway, I've rambled enough by myself. Um, hopefully it wasn't too boring talking about five out of six shows that you probably didn't see. Um, quite possibly you didn't even watch Evolution, who knows. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, women's wrestling is popping right now. And I, I believe PWI used to do a top 50 and now it's a top 100s. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. That means that they're, the sample size of their top wrestlers must have grown because their overall knowledge or at least list of potentials has grown tremendously. And yeah, that's, you know, we might be seeing top 150 or top 200 in in a year or two, who knows? But anyway, it's been fun. I just, uh, wasn't really planning on doing a serious show. Um, 
me, me and the boys were maybe going to do a show this week because we were all at Evolution, but unfortunately that didn't pan out. But I felt like it would be a missed opportunity to go to six women's wrestling shows in eight days and not at least chat about it for a few minutes. So thank you for indulging me in this little chat. Um, I guess what more can I say except uh, go online, look at Shimmer. I think they just launched a new streaming uh, platform. Yeah, it's streamshimmer.com. It's 10 bucks a month. Um, yeah, I'd say pop in, skim the library. They probably have a lot of your favorite uh, WWE women are have been in Shimmer at some point. The Rise website is Rise Ascent, and they actually have that that seventy five minute match between Mercedes Martinez and Tessa Blanchard on there uh, right now. So, you know, it's a good. It's only uh, if you want to rent it, it's only five bucks. If you want to buy it, it's ten bucks. A subscription to Rise is only five bucks a month. So. You know, just something, just something to think about. Just throwing some stuff out there. You know, if you're someone that streams a lot of, a lot of wrestling, maybe, maybe you've got a network subscription that you share with some of your friends. Maybe your friends got a New Japan subscription that they share with you. Maybe you get a third friend in the fold, subscribe to one of these, and start swapping them. You know, I'm just not, not advocating not paying for things. I'm just saying, you know, we, there's ways we could pay for everything and, and share with our our close beloved friends. You know, in lieu of not buying it at all, I think that's a fair it's a fair compromise, right? I'm Jewish. Anyway, I'm Jewish. I'm M2J. The J stands for Jew. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing a show again very soon um, in this unofficial hiatus. Yeah, I guess I should uh, address that while, while we're here. Um, we said on the show a while ago that we were going to maybe start lowering the frequency of how often we do the show just based on uh, our lives and, and the metrics of the show. It didn't seem feasible to just do a show every week, especially when we're really not watching WWE as much as we used to, just because it's been so unwatchably unenjoyable and just so much of it. There's just this abundance of it between the, the regular programming being three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, uh, and then, you know, you add into the mix, the mix match challenge is going on right now, which, you know, comes out to like another half hour or so. Uh, that's, that's five and a half hours right there. NXT, May Young Classic, 205 Live, if we were to watch all of those, that's another three hours. That's eight and a half hours. And then, um, if there's a pay-per-view, God forbid, that week, it's like another four hours, and that's this is just the WWE universe, you know, you know leaving behind uh, Impact Wrestling, leaving behind all these indie shows that I go to, and I go to quite a bit of indie shows these days, so it's just like something has to give, and it's like there's only so many hours in the day and so many days in the week, and you know, I do have other things to do, as does Denny, as does Sean, and... You know, we tried to say let's let's just do the show maybe once a month, um, and that unfortunately didn't pan out quite as well as we thought because when the week came that we said okay now we'll do the show this week, then we had other scheduling conflicts that just didn't allow us to do the show during the week that we thought we could do the show, and here we are now 
you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll find some way to, to wedge the show back into our everyday lives. But, you know, until then, just got to sit tight and maybe interact more in the Facebook group. I'm sorry that I haven't been as active in the Facebook group. I will try to rectify that at some point. But, uh, again, hopefully you've hung out with me a little bit today and just listened to this podcast and enjoyed my ramblings about Shimmer, WWR, and WWE Evolution and how much I hate WWE wrestling fans. Not you guys, though. I'm sure you guys are on your best behavior and you're good, respectable fans when you go to the show. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to Doing the Job right now, and we love you for that. And anyway... I'm out of here. I'm out of time. We're out of time, folks. If uh, Undertaker pins Damian Demento in the next five minutes, we'll show you the ending of that match next week. Good night, everybody. Stay tuned for La Femme Nikita. 